Thank you for listening to this message from The Resting Place. Activate Tampa is April 3rd through 4th. Don't miss this opportunity to be activated in the prophetic gifts with Dan McCollum and his world-class team. Check out all the details on our Facebook page now. Stand to your feet. Welcome Apostle Mark Tubbs and Ann Tubbs to the stage to bring the word today. Amen. He was... Caleb was introducing me this morning. Thank you. My wife turns to me and says, boy, you sound important. (laughs) Anyways, call me dude. Hey, dude, call me. All right. Anyways, to show that I have a spirit of wisdom, I'm going to give the mic to my wife. Yeah, I just wanted to greet you before Mark preaches, but I just thank you so much for welcoming us so much. We, We fell in love with Tampa last year when we came. It was the first time we ever ministered in Tampa, and I I just really love your heart for the city. I just really feel it with you. And uh, last service, I had a a vision about it, but this this service, I have another vision about Tampa. And I I just see um, ripple effects from your church and satellite churches, but these churches are going to be unconventional. Like I see a church in like a rehab center and a church in a jail and a church in a safe house and a church even in on Skid Row. I don't know if you have a Skid Row, but, uh, you know, the homeless area and where drug addicts are. And just like even under a tree, you know, in Africa, they just have churches under a tree and they just bring down the presence of God. And I saw you going to places where there's been wells of past revivals. I don't know the history of Tampa, but there's probably been some. And I just see you going to those places and digging out those wells and there's the gushing of the river of God. And at the same time, releasing open heavens above and just the two, the, the past and the future and the present, just all coming together and releasing that kingdom. Yes, I believe for all to, all to be saved in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much. Well, it's great being here. I, uh, we just love Kayla Benjamari. I like to sing her name. Um, but anyways, uh, we, I met Caleb in Israel with Brian Simmons. And uh, we were in right by the Sea of Galilee. And Caleb would stand there. And so it gave us the picture of Jesus. I know you've all said it. But to see him in Israel walking, you know, where Jesus walked, it was very helpful, you know. So thank you, Caleb, for that ministry. But then I just realized, man, I just would hear him. He just 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 flows out of him, revelation and a heart for people and has such a unique ability to connect with people. And I just, we just honor you and we love you. And to be among your apostles, among your papas, um, uh, is such an honor. So thank you. Um, you know, I, I was praying, you know, we're meeting, I was yeah prophesied, you know, about, uh, the, the Spanish speaking service and I'm excited about it. And I prophesy again, add food, carnitas y Cristo. Okay. Carne y Cristo. You're going to double in a month, okay? And have everybody bring their favorite dishes. Come on, 5 o'clock. We're going to double, triple that thing right over food. You know, carne, okay? Because Jesus loves carnitas, you know. That's pork, which is really funny to say. Um, You know, and, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, there was a woman sitting right over here. I don't see her now. Maybe she moved. Um, Maybe she, she took off. I don't know. Uh, she's new, um, and uh, but I just really felt like she's, yeah, she was a woman that was right there. Uh, old. No, but yeah, the Lord really drew her, me to her and uh, about her courage. I think it took a lot of courage 
for her to be here. So if you didn't see her or you met her, somehow sign it in. Never had that happen before. You know, okay. Father, I pray for her in Jesus' name. Well, you know, I've got so much to share. And as we know, we have to honor time. Uh, but before I, I do that, I just want to share briefly, you know, we've been just came back from Bulgaria. And when you go to a communist, previously communist nation, the, the whole personal identity and importance is very foreign, you know. So when you have a message like everyone matters, everyone's important, and the, 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 the core values, it's very, very powerful. And we're seeing a lot of change in Russia and, and different places around the world breakthrough. Uh, we have our churches are primarily in Kenya. And if you hear about trips, uh, we'd love to take you, drop you off in a village, come back and get you in six hours. You're the ministers. You're the one that pray for the sick and cast out demons. My daughter, when she was 14, saw a woman raised from the dead. I think that'll change you. Um, so just know that we love to take people, and I love all ages. The more, the bigger the span, if I can have a 12-year-old prophesying next to an 80-year-old, I mean, I'm in heaven, you know. So it's just really important for us. Um, and I've been really preaching on the theme of freedom and glory. But you guys got it. You already got freedom and glory. I don't know if I can teach you a lot on it. Uh, no, it was just so so wonderful. And um, But you're a part of a growing church, and you have some wonderful problems. You know, you know how many of you ever looked at your problems and go, these are wonderful. What wonderful problems. You know, and I really want you to keep that mindset because you're in a change in a set of uh, in a time of flux. And as I was praying for the church and what I was supposed to share on, um, the Lord started giving me um, actually a heart for your relationships. And I began to have an encounter. How, how many know we don't fight against flesh and blood? Okay. So if you're fighting another person right now in your mind or in your heart, stop it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that slipped, but um, that was jet lag, you know. Uh, but what I'm saying is, is that your battle isn't with people. Amen. And anytime you allow it to manifest with people, it actually wounds you. Wow. Did you know that, hey, does he or anybody ever have, um, like, discussions with people in their own head? Oh, yeah. Anybody here? Raise your hand. Did you know, the Lord told me one day, your head knows it's not real, but your heart doesn't. So he said, you're right now sowing pain into your relationship with that person, and your heart is absorbing it. Okay? So I want to talk a little bit about that. And the way I started to come across this is that we don't fight against uh, uh, flesh and blood, but against rulers and powers and principalities. And I don't know how to explain this, but I had a couple principalities that wanted to visit me on Friday night and let me know that this is their territory. And that may sound some weird to you, but as apostolic leaders, when I go into cities and I'm supposed to create change, okay? And I'm supposed to, come, I'm supposed to take authority. But in this exchange, it came clear to me that the attack in Tampa and against the body of Christ is very specifically to destroy relationships and to take you out of a place of trust. So that it's hard to trust leaders, hard to trust the church, hard to, because you got hurt somewhere else, or you weren't understood, or you were misunderstood, or, you know, there's all these different reasons. And to just make sure that I got the point, 
all of a sudden, the TV that had been left on but had grown dormant went on. And I looked over, and the show that was being advertised was antitrust. So I got the point, Lord. Okay, you want to you wake me up with the television? And it really fits in because I've been feeling like the Lord has been telling me to, to proclaim in the body of Christ that for you to come into your purpose and your destiny, how many like to come into their purpose and destiny? For you to come into your purpose and destiny, your need to trust God, but also other people more than you ever have in your life. So you can start asking the question, well, why don't I trust people? And by the way, that includes all of us. None of us is like, walks around like, I'm trusting, I'm trusting, you know. You know, I mean, we spend so much time guarding our heart, it wears us out. Okay? God told me one time that a lot of people don't have enough energy for their breakthrough. Because they're so busy protecting their own heart. But if you think about it, it, no matter what you accomplish, no matter how at work or, you know, in sports or in, in, in goals you make, when it comes down to it, the place where your heart can be at most pain has to do with relationships. You know, uh, and I'll never forget, you know, Ann and I have three grown kids. One's 31. By the way, if you want a, I, I need to do this for my daughter. And I forgot to do it at the verse service. My daughter developed a journal, life planner, and life coach in one product. So if you are interested in planners and never seen anything like this, it's Brian's really big on it. It's just incredible. You can look at it and go to her website, abidely.co. Right? Did I do it? Abidely. Yes, she made that up. So what happens is relationships are a place where the, the battle comes, and no matter how much you go through. And so I started thinking about this antitrust and, 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 and what, God is, what God wants to do, and I began to say, Lord, well, okay, you've spoken to me about that tonight. How does that relate to, to resting place? Which, by the way, I didn't know if I meant the happening place or the, 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 you know, this is an amazing place, you know, or, you know, I was going all over. It was just a, powerful, and how it comes out of rest is amazing. But what I want to speak to you a little bit about, about is, is that your relationships are your ministry. If you reduce love God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength, it's being reconciled with God. And secondly, love your neighbors yourself. It's, the, it's, it's basically you have the ministry of, that you share in your ministry with Christ. Right? And I, I was drawn to... Um, uh, Second Corinthians chapter five, a text that normally, I mean, I always quote this text in relation to like you're a new creation, the old is gone. It's always been a salvation text for me. You know, it's kind of like, wow, you're this new person and isn't it amazing? But as I was looking at this, I felt like the Lord began to say, this is the word that I have for them is that I'm, I'm, they're a new creation. And in a sense, your relationships are a new creation. And he wants to do a new thing in your relationships and through this church. In other words, I believe that the Lord is saying that this is a safe place. How many consider this a safe place? Okay, look at everybody. Almost every hand went up. If it didn't, can, can I see you? Because we need to do some inner healing. No, I'm kidding. Huh? But... um. This is a safe place. This, I, I believe that that's one of the main things that's drawn you. 
because it's authentic. And where, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And where the freedom is, there's glory. Okay. And that's what's going to be my message. But I, I think what I want to show you more than that is now that you have this safe place, I want you to see yourself as the safe place. Like you're a safe place. Now, can I say this in love? You got baggage. Okay, I got baggage. I mean, I mean I've been going through so much inner healing. God used the show This Is Us, the first two seasons. Like, I mean, I, I got so much revelation on my family relationships out of that. I mean, I got so much inner healing. This is a time where you're, if we're going to trust people more, we're going to have to look at who we are relationally. I mean, how good are you at relationships? How do you rate yourself? Are you a good friend? Do you know how to be a friend? Do you, know, do you have friends? No, a lot of people will answer that really no. They don't have time for friends. They don't know how to be in covenant. So we've got a lot of these things. So when I was looking at this text in the context of what I'm saying right now, look at this. Verse 16 says, so from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. In other words, the way that we look at each other, the way that we look at ourselves. You know, when I do a lot of training on you coming into your destiny, and I, I ask people, who do you see when you look in the mirror? Who do you see? Who do you proclaim? When you look at the person's next to you. I mean, I don't want it to be weird and awkward, you know, like, okay, but... I mean, look around at the people. I mean, the people next to you are anointed. They have a lot of power in them, a lot of, a lot of fire in them. There's things in everybody around this room that, you know, uh, um, that, and, and when you look at people, you can have the eyes of the Father or, you can, or, or, or the Spirit, or you can have the eyes of the world, you know, um, like this, this daughter over here. You know, and I look at her, and I just feel like you're, like you're on course. You've set yourself. You've really taken, had a battle up your mind, and you've taken that mind, and you're saying no, and, and you're really on course. Is this true? Like you're feeling like this is the course season, right? And I feel like there's almost a determination in you right now that others around you need. The ones that have gave up. The ones that, you know, you, you know, you try, at one point you wanted to give up, Right? But you're at the point now where I'll never give up. And I feel like there's people you can minister to. And I don't even know if you've ever been here before. You know, I'm, I'm sure you have, but I'm just saying, you know, like, like that's what we mean by if you come. And we can look at, we look at people, you know, like, like I, I love like working, I have to look at the worship team, you know, we, we all do. So I just start looking at them. You know, the humility of the, where's the guy in the bass? Arnie, I just feel as... Is he here? I mean, he's been to four services, so I mean, you know, it's like it's okay, dude. Go sleep, you know. Go get a, go get a carnitas taco, you know. But anyway, I love. You can tell my my best friend's Mexican, actually. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I loved his humility, you know, and this this agreement, warrior daughter. Where's she? That's you. Oh, you're the warrior daughter. The the agreement, like I'm agreeing with heaven for you. I'm agreeing with heaven for you. You know, that's what she's doing. You know. This guy was really cool. I liked him like like he's a, you know like he's like really could just flow, you know. So 
You know, it was just really powerful. So when I'm looking at people, we're not looking at the world's eyes. And we look at ourselves. Would you imagine right now if your relational life could be better than it ever was? And I want you to make that commitment today. I want you to, to say that I have, well, let's look what your ministry is. It, it continues from here. It, it's, it says this, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. Now, I want you to relate this, this time, not to salvation, because it includes it, your whole spirit's a new creation, but, but you're, take about it in relationships. The old has gone. So the failures, the patterns, the, the insecurities, the control, the need to be right, the, I mean, all those things are gone and the new is here. And what does the new look like? It's from God who reconciles us. You're the reconciler, the one who, recon, who reconciles us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Everybody say, I have the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting, not counting people's sins against them. We get to accept people and love people. I mean, you know, you can tell when people, when people have that anointing, like Kimberly, you know, like she's so sweet. She just, she wants to like you from the beginning, you know, the, the first second. And, and they want to accept you. How many know that the ministry of acceptance is one of the most powerful anointings you could ever have? You're not greeting, you're accepting. We don't need greeters, we need acceptors. I mean, no matter where you are. I mean, I got to go look at Plato for a minute today. You know, went in there, so cool. And I look at those kids and I see what you're doing. You know, and, and, you know, you've got eyes to see that this is a relational, safe place. And now we've got this ministry of reconciliation, and we're going to carry it to the world. But guess what? You need reconciliation in your own life, not only with God, but with others. This is a time to be reconciled. But sometimes it's hard to know, and we don't always have the skills. But guess what? God does, and he's going to give you that anointing. Now, I, I teach a lot on the five-fold ministry. I have a book called The Five Fingers of God. I'm sorry I ran out on Thursday night. They do sell out very quickly. You can order, put your name there. I'll send them. They'll be here by next week. They're $15. They're all about your destiny. It's in now 12 languages. It's, praise God's in Russian now, and, you know, God's just taking it. But you know what? In Ephesians 4, it talks all about Five-fold ministry and all this. But guess what? Earlier in the text, it starts off with something else. And it talks about, if you look at it, about being completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in, in love. Making every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. You see, what we're saying is now is we've, we've got, you want you to be in leadership team. We want you to be in servant team, which they call them here. We want you to grow here. We want you to have the, we want you to come into your destiny. We want you to know your full measure. I mean, we want more for you than you probably want for you, yourself. But we can't ignore that we really want and what you want is more relational 
victory and love and acceptance and power. You want relationships to have incredible value. You know, um, I have, we have two sons that live in the Northwest. We've been living in Los Angeles. And um, my daughter lives down by us, and she's really flourishing. And we noticed that our, our sons weren't. They weren't coming into their fullness. They're not coming into their destiny. And we just, it's not our fault. We're not saying that, but we just started, they need more of us. They need more of their mom and dad. And so I, I prayed, and I said, Lord, what do I do? And the Lord said, just buy another house up there. And I go, okay, sell the house down here. No, just Airbnb both houses and live in two cities, which is really kind of weird because you never know what city you're waking up in. I'm kidding. But when I did that, our son, like on Thanksgiving table, like a month or two later, said to us, thank you that, I have, that you wanted to be by us. You know, I'm flying home, you know, tonight and going, taking them to a Blazer game on Thursday. You know, I, I want to be closer to my kids now than I've ever been. I want my relationship with my wife. I want to be the, the best friend I can be. Right? Because your relationships and in ministry relationships, it's very, very important that God wants to fulfill you through being loved. They'll know you by your four services. Right? I think that's what the Lord said. No. Okay. They'll know you by your love. And there's this an amazing ability to love, and there's a challenge. Uh, uh, you know, but guess what? This making every effort to keep unity of spirit is on you. Let me, let me tell you a story. I, uh, I, if I have a chance later on, I, you know, that story about getting the building. I, I have an anointing for real estate. I, love, I, love, I think God loves land. And if you've, ever, if you've had hindrance to getting land, start declaring, I'm going to get land, okay? Because land is where you can occupy, right? That's a whole other message. I, Father, I just, we spoke to this. We just speak to that 17 acres in Jesus' name. Lord, I, I hope it's big enough. But, uh, but anyway, uh, uh, come on, all the business training centers and all that stuff over there that are going, manufacturing. I mean, think business. Don't. Okay, that's a whole other sermon. So... So, so anyways, I got so lost in that bunny train and enjoyed it so much. I have no clue where I was. Okay. So anyway, so I had this, I, I, I had this house in LA and I wanted to rent it. Okay. And, but there were four women from the church that wanted to live in it. And I thought, okay, I, I don't really want to do that, but I'll do that. So they moved in and you know how it is. One roommate moves out and then another one moves in. So they got a new roommate and there was one woman kind of in charge. I called her and I said, how's it going with the new real new roommate? And she goes, terrible. I said, what's the problem? She goes, she, she hogs the man cave. Okay, that's a woman cave, I guess, because it was women there. That's my, my studio. I mean, I, I, I love like a theater type thing, you know. I'll do anything to have, a, have a, like that feeling, you know. So, um, so, so, she's, so she, she does that. She, she leaves stuff in the fridge too long. She, you know, messes up the dishes and everything. How many, well, don't raise your hand because... <laughs> Could be a live situation. But anyway, uh, so I said, what are you going to do? She goes, I'm going to go to inner healing because I'm going to find out why she can still push buttons in me. And then when I get healed up, I'm going to be able to bring healing to her life. And I, her name is Sherry. And I'm thinking, I, I want to be like Sherry when I grow up. I mean, could you imagine any time you had a conflict with other, another person, you would first examine yourself. 
to see if there's something in, that needs to be healed in you? Could you imagine living like that? That's like incredible. Because you know what? Dead people don't get offended. So if you get off- start to get offended, it just means you haven't died yet. So if the enemy shows you you haven't died yet, you go, woo I get to die with Christ. Let's go back to the baptism. You know, like, I mean, what I want to say is that, you know, there's a call to maturity and a call to uh, fullness. Now, look at Ephesians 4. I feel that Ephesians 4, verse 11 and 12, have been, been used improperly. And I'll tell you why. He goes through this, make every effort to keep the unity of you know, the spirit. Then he talks about being one in the body of Christ. Then verse 6, basically, um, through 10, uh, talks about you coming into your full measure of Christ. Christ has given you an, a gift. Verse 11 is this. It says, some are called to be apostolic, prophetic, evangelistic, pastoral, and teacheristic. I went through that fast. Fivefold ministry. Verse 11, verse 12, uh, 12 says this. To equip the saints. Meaning, if someone is a leader... Their job, no matter which one they have, is to equip the saints for works of service. Does it stop there? Listen, our role is not to simply equip you. In fact, the goal isn't even to equip you. The goal is that the body of Christ may be built up. Meaning, if you're not building the body of Christ, I show you how gifted you are. And how you're anointed you are. And by the way, I can do that. I know how to show people exactly what their calling is. And what their anointing is. But that isn't enough unless you have a passion to build the body of Christ. Wait a second, does it doesn't stop there? Till we all reach unity. See, unity is more of a goal. Wait a second. The role of leadership is to create an atmosphere where people are being equipped, but just as importantly, they're serving one another in love. I mean, what percentage of your church is like on the serve team? Yeah, it's like 55%. It's like, wouldn't it be great? Like, what percentage? Like 92% of our team is on serve team, you know, because the mentality is we're building each other up. But listen to this in the unity doesn't even stop yet. And in the knowledge of the Son of God, that's intimacy, and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. In other words, true safe places, true leadership places are taking you through a a process where you know you're gifting so that you can serve others, becoming more unified growing in your intimacy with Christ, and becoming more mature. And the the crescendo, which is also in verse 16, is that you become into your full measure of Christ. Now, how many of you are mature? Now, no one raised their hand. How many can raise your hand? I just want to say that from the first service. We had a, we had a couple rows that just, they wouldn't raise their hand no matter what. Okay. You're not, they're not the great hand raisers here. It's okay. Well, why didn't you raise your hand? Because there's no way to measure it. We can't take you at church and say, well, here's the line, you know. 
look how much you grew this month, you know. So the thing is, Ann and I developed a maturity. We'll, we'll send it after this message, and they'll post it. We can put it on the website or do something with it. It's a maturity assessment tool. And all you do is you measure how, if you're mature or not. How many think this sounds, this, this sounds fun? <laughs> it's not, okay? <clears throat> because it's not only asking if you know your gifting. Do you hear God's voice? Do you know how to pray for the sick? Do you know how to prophesy? You know, the things that are, I think are basic Christianity, to be honest. Uh, but it asks you about your ability to forgive. How, how long does it take? Your ability to, um, you know, uh, your your ability to, to cope with unanswered prayer. Your your ability to, to to work through relationships. I mean, it asks you a lot of relational intimacy type questions. Because ultimately, for leadership here, the the, the truth is is that we don't want gifted people because we think you're all gifted. So if we did it on gifts, everyone's qualified. What we need is people who know how to have relationships. Who know how to be unified. Who know how to serve. Who know how to, how to bring people into maturity. You know, when I, I had the privilege of, of uh, you know, meeting with Jimmy and Scott uh, and Caleb. And uh, I, I have to say, it was an honor to meet you, Jimmy. Because, you know, here he is, the youth pastor, and I'm hearing janitor and... Turns out he was the youth pastor and then the janitor, too. And How many knew that? Janitor. And then he now just recently got freed from being janitor. But you know what? It told me so much about him. Like, he's a servant. And he loves the church, and he loves you. And you know what? That's what it took. And that was relational. That was an investment in, in the community to saying... I can't be divided right now with my time. I need to be here. And I believe, and I prophesied over him at the time, I said, your job description will keep changing every three to six months, but we don't want, we want to release you to do your passion. Okay? So your majority should be, because if your passion, if you're fulfilling your destiny, I think good leaders are an example of what fulfilling your destiny looks like. Okay? I think that, you know, like I was, uh, well, before I say that, I just want to commend you for that. Like I was a pastor of a church, but I wasn't pastoral. So I used to tell my church, if it looks like I'm not listening, I'm not. All right. Um, uh, <laughs> I said, I'm really not probably going to be at the back door or the front door when you come in. But if you want a prophetic word, I'll be up here and I'll prophesy to cows go home. Because that's what I do. But you know how freeing it was for my church? I mean, I raised up 20 people, and we just said, they're more pastoral than me. They were, I literally believed it. They were better pastorally. Meaning, what do I mean by that? They had the function of walking day in and day out with you that I could never do. And I want to let you know in a five-fold church that's equipping the saints, the model of having one leader or one pastor or one core leader is over because... If we're raising people up to their destiny, like Tracy too, like she's, she's very, I, I met her like last year and I see the maturity in her. She really is, is really a seer for this body. She's doing it. Her roles are changing. She's going to be developing things. I see that on, on you guys. I see that for, uh, for you, Sandy. I feel like you're going you're gonna to be in a new position, new place, and you're going to have more freedom and joy in it. I see, you know, 
Kimberly, I see you doing this. I'm sorry, I don't remember your name. Uh, Jess, I see you, Jess, as a, as a solid intercessor and bonding person. You're able to bond people. But, you know, what happens is, is that these anointings, but, but what happens when we have roles like this, they change. And why am I talking about this? Because if you look back at the verse and it talks about equipping, the word equip is the starting point, right? Like I said, not the ending point. The ending point is maturity and coming into the full measure of Christ and the process right there of unity in those things. Guess what? Kartithatismos is the word, Greek word. You know the word kartithetic, yeah. It's a medical term that is a picture of when a bone is broken. Has anybody had a broken bone? They put it in a cast, right? What do they do first? They align it perfectly because when it heals, if it's not aligned perfectly, you're going to have problems. You're going to have a bump. You're going to have a, it's not going to be bright. So they have to align it as perfectly as they can. And then it heals. And listen to this. This is the amazing thing of the way God has designed our body. It heals stronger than it was before. Now, let's put it this way. The five-fold ministry is raised up so that you and them can be broken. You can be broken of your will and your independence and your orphan heart and your need to be right and the defensiveness and your, uh, and, and your accusation and your, and I, uh, how could you do that to me? And, you know, uh, you know, don't you know who I am? And, and you get that broken off of you. And here, and if the bone doesn't heal properly, guess what they do? They re-break it. Woohoo! I get to come to the resting place and we get to be broken together. Now, how many want to be equipped now? Look at, I was the pastor of a Baptist church. Then I became a Baptocostal. Okay? The, the, the Holy Spirit ruined my church. And I had, I don't know who they were, but they were the ministry police. Dum, 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 dum. You can't do that, you know. You're prophesying, you're healing, you know. I mean, they hated me. And I had six brothers, and guess what? I know how to fight. Let's argue. You wrong, you Pharisees, you know. How many think that was great for the church? And then when I realized I was in sin, that I was defensive, I was an orphan, I was the pastor. I was the leader. I didn't know how to ask people for help. When I did, I didn't think they did enough good enough job. Sick. One sick puppy. And I was the pastor. So I had to be healed. Over and over again. See, the broken part, it's not just, it's two-way street. Leaders have to be broken. And you know how you do it? You line your hearts with each other. And you say to them, look it, I don't ever expect you to be perfect. And I know that you may let me down and I may let you down, but we're aligned. And I, God has put me with you and I'm, you're with me and I, I'm going the distance. People say that all the time. Believe me, when I was a pastor, 
You know how you know if someone's aligned? They say, I want to serve. And you go, great. And then they start to serve in an area. Like today, Gigi probably left because she's done, you know, four services this weekend. So free coffee. I... <laughs> but I was like, I went up to Gigi in the, in the first service. I was like, let's say I went to Gigi. And I said, Gigi, I was praying this morning. The hotel, I really felt like we were supposed to go warfare. And she, like, all morning felt like, no, we're supposed to go intimacy. No, if we have a, a relationship of love where I honor you, you honor me, I wouldn't say I'm right, she's right. But if I'm leading and I ask her to align with what I'm doing, it's not I'm dishonoring her. I'm just being faithful to what I felt God called at that time. And now she has a choice. Will I align? Or will I say, you know what, you gave this ministry to me. Why are you taking it back? See, I've seen this in churches. The problems that we have with leaders is you give it to them, and now they think it's theirs instead of ours. And not only that, I've learned that they really don't trust me when I come to them because they think I'm doing it for me. Now, you don't know me, but I'll tell you, you can interview my leaders from my church, you can interview the people I take on mission trips, and I'll tell you, they will tell you that Mark, when he asks me to do something, he really believes it's best for me. I, I really don't want to ask you to do because it's hard for me to, it was, I had to train myself to even ask for your help in the first place. And so I have to purify my spirit. What I'm trying to say is that alignment is what you test your heart relationally. And guess what? It is the key to your growth. And listen to this. As a leader, you're going to want to ask people to align with you. But if you don't know how to align, then how can you ask people? Abraham, I know you started that service. And I'm excited. And he told me about it. But the first thing I asked him, the first question, wasn't whether you have passion. Because believe me, you have enough passion for the room, okay? You're very anointed in passion. I asked him, is he aligned with you? So when you over and snuggled with him in the first service or whenever it was, which one was that? That's all I wanted to see. I wanted to see you snuggling. I wanted to see you loving him. And that's all, you know, if you want to be successful, just snuggle. By the way, we're in the kingdom. We don't, we're not homophobic here. Guys, guys, guys in the kingdom, hug. I hold some. You know how when I deal like with male prostitutes in Kenya, you know what I do? I don't know what to say. I just hold them. Because no men hold them before like a father. And they weep and they accept Jesus. I don't have a lot of time to go on here, but you got to be, if you want to grow. And the leaders have to be aligned with you. And they have to have your heart. And that's sometimes the pain. And sometimes you've got to look at them and say, that's where I'm struggling. But you are not offended. You're going to be in the long run because God's going to heal you. And here's a part of the test because I've got to end. But, Caleb, all these roles are changing, but your role is changing. And that's not going to change once. And I'm going to say this in love. He has designed things around out of love for you, and he's compromising some of his destiny. 
because he's giving time on one-on-one appointments and it's wearing him out instead of him developing the apostolic teaching material that he needs to transform the body of Christ. He needs to change his role and chase his destiny. And it's not my job to tell him what it looks like. You've got a team, a great team of people around him, and you've got a great church. But if you want to understand what God is doing, he's shifting relationally your relationships. And now instead of safe place is him, the safe place is her, Scott's amazing, and he's in a shift too of his roles. But now the transference is you're the safe place. You know, how many have heard of Cheon? How many? I really believe this. I believe if you have me, you have Che. Or if you have Che, you have me. I've been aligned with him for a long time. I can represent him. I can represent Harvest International Ministry wherever I go. And you can represent, yes, resting place, but most importantly, the resting place, which is Jesus Christ. Okay? But we happen to have a house that knows how to cultivate a line and bring people into the full measure. How many want to be part of that house? Yes. So I'm just going to bless you with that. I'm going to end. Uh, I'm going to pray a blessing, and then uh, Scott's going to finish. Father, I want to thank you for this weekend. What a joy behind the scenes. But, Lord, I thank you for what I sense here genuine work of the Holy Spirit, birthed by the Spirit and not by flesh. And I want to thank you, Lord, that the things that they're going through, growth problems, financial needs, they all belong to you. And we ask, Lord, for incredible covering and blessing of this entire church. I speak it over Caleb and Jermani and the whole leadership team and over everybody in this church. And I pray, Lord, this would be the relational breakthrough We can trust you, God, and trust each other year, not only here at church, but in every area of your life. I give you that blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from The Resting Place. Activate Tampa is April 3rd through 4th. Don't miss this opportunity to be activated in the prophetic gifts with Dan McCollum and his world-class team. Check out all the details on our Facebook page now.